I did you guys see that interesting theory that Andy Anatko tweeted about for why Microsoft is calling Windows 10 Windows 10 and not Windows 9? Uh, they need to catch up with uh, OS 10, I assume. Just num- big, bigger numbers are better. Now there's another thing. Yeah, it's another thing. I'll tell you after the theme song. So the, the theory was, as posited on Reddit, that ah, there, forget it. Never mind. There are <laughs> there are too many. Well, actually, this the, the person who posted on Reddit claims to work at Microsoft, so I know it's true now. But uh, <laughs> he said there are, Microsoft found in its testing there were way too many Windows apps that were using code that effectively said uh, if the start of the current operating system's name looks like Windows Nine. <laughs> then do this for Windows 95 and Windows 98. And uh, they were concerned that if they called it Windows 9, whoa, that if they called it Windows 9, that uh, it would break all those things. <laughs> that I, I entirely believe that just knowing the way that Windows is kind of, I feel like, or the, the way that software developers sometimes kludge things together. <laughs> yes. Totally <laughs> I mean, plausible. Not, the same reason that today user agent strings on the web are such garbage. <laughs> where there's so much pattern matching looking for different (laughs) phrases that have adorned user agent strings of decades past you know it's funny because as i was as they were doing the introduction of of windows 10 i i happened to have a uh, a friend visiting who actually may work for a large software company that rhymes with micro schmoft uh and I think I just looked at him, you know, because I I made a joke a year or two ago about all the the strange Windows naming scheme. You know, we went from Windows ninety five, ninety eight, and then like M E X P. Uh, at one point, uh, then we had like seven Vista, Vista seven eight, Vista, seven, and then there was the eight, code for Windows ten. eight point one was blue, right? <laughs> which is my favorite. And I said that the, it does sound like that they they you know the guy who's naming it is either just like throwing darts or had a stroke of some sort. <laughs> so I you know they introduced Windows 10 and I, I I just started laughing and I looked at him and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with your company? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not alone, right? The uh, the Madden video game series. Well, first Microsoft, another company, <laughs> does it with the Xbox, but the the Madden video game series <laughs> does it. Uh, they went from Madden. Uh, Madden 2013 to Madden 15. <laughs> so I'm worried what they're going to do in about 2,000 years because they're going to have some real naming conflicts come up. That is a coll- yeah naming collision waiting to happen. Yeah. You mean the Y3K problem? <laughs> <laughs> so what what is – and I didn't pay too close attention to the Windows announcement, but like what's <laughs> is there anything interesting about this? What's the, where's the beef? Yeah. Well, what's the, is there anything other than like this number is bigger than the last number? The thing, well, the thing that I pulled out of it, because it was the thing that I said that they should do, <laughs> uh, like, like a year ago, April, um, was it's going to have two different modes now for desktop and touch basically. So the operating system will detect if it's attached to a keyboard and mouse and know that it should be in desktop mode. And if it's not, then it should be in touch mode. Rather than like a bastardized version. Yes, rather than, right, exactly. Yeah, so the, it'll actually visually change as opposed to looking the same in both 
use cases. I hear in uh, Windows 11 that they'll they'll have uh, you know different OSs for touch devices and <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> We're gonna do something really exciting. We're gonna pull these operating systems apart. <laughs> I I will say. I just spent three days with a friend who had uh, a Lenovo laptop of some sort that I guess was running Windows 8 because he could type on it and then he could also tablet touch on it. <laughs> and there were there was at least a solid two minutes where it was like, oh, I can actually see the use cases there. It was totally faster to just tap where he wanted that thing to go than to mouse around and get there in that one unusual situation so i had a not i wouldn't say full-on jealousy but i had a thing where i was like oh i get it yeah well that's i've had instances since getting the ipad and not so much recently but i think maybe like a year or two ago where i would go to touch the, the screen of my macbook air just because it's hey there's a screen there i should be <laughs> i should be able to touch it right and my kid does that if you use your iPad a lot, like especially if you use it set up like with a keyboard, right. going back to a laptop or a or a desktop after that, I definitely the muscle memory. Right, that's probably exactly what it is because I don't use the iPad with the keyboard as much. It was the thing I was doing when I was commuting yeah. a lot, and since I don't, since my commute is now like thirty seconds, <laughs> I don't so much uh, need an iPad with a keyboard attached uh, while I'm commuting. The only time I use a keyboard with an iPad is when I'm traveling. So if I, if I go into Manhattan for meetings, I'll, instead of taking the laptop, I'll take the iPad mini and the little mini keyboard. Oh, um, I go to Manhattan for meetings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When I go to Manhattan for sandwiches, it's that time of the podcast when we make fun for of sandwiches. <laughs> for having a oh, real job. Look at Mr. I have a job over yeah, there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the readers, the readers, the listeners were getting a little antsy. They were wondering when that was going to start. So I, uh, but so no, I mean, I, I, I do the mini with a keyboard, not because it's more convenient than a laptop. It's not in any sense, but it's obviously it's more portable and, uh, it often tends to get comments, which laptops don't. Portability is not a uh, is not a convenience. Yeah, okay, but it's it's not more convenient for use. So, it's only more so when I got when I got my first uh, when I had my original iPad, um, I was using an Apple, you know, the Apple the the, the Bluetooth the blue, Apple Bluetooth keyboard, the little one, and with it on the train, <laughs> and this was like back when that was kind of that was brand new. And I'm sitting on the train, and it's a it's a nice train up to Seattle. And there's there are tables, so it's like four seats around a little table, and there are there are outlets, and there's Wi-Fi, and so lots of people are doing work. And I I'm sitting there and I'm typing away, and this woman sits down diagonally across from me, and she starts doing something, and I think she was actually addressing Christmas cards, and and then she stops and she gets out her her Android phone. And she, you know, kind of, you know, she's looking at it and she's, I can see she's kind of looking diagonally at me, looking askance at me. And then all of a sudden she kind of holds it up a little and the flash goes off. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like shocked, like, oh, like she's looking at it, you know, turns it around like, oh, what? how how did that happen? That was, that was weird. Uh... She was obviously taking a picture of me, you know, with a keyboard in my, in my (laughs) My tablet device. Now, why do you think she's taking the picture? Look at this nerd. <laughs> yeah, right. It was either look at this nerd or, or like, 
you know, I'm going to tell somebody about this. She got off at the next uh, at the next stop, which I think was a switching station. <laughs> that um, wasn't even her stop, John. She yeah, just, no, I know. She just jumped off the train. I once took a picture of someone I saw at a cafe using a Surface because... <laughs> That was that was relatively amusing. Um, well, no, I more than anything, I just don't see them a lot in the wild, um, only in the zoos usually. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I had been joking around with a friend about like because she was like, "Oh yeah, I kind of want, I kind of want Microsoft Surface because I'm, you know, Excel. You can use Excel, like real Excel." And I was like, "Okay, I guess that's that's one reason to plausibly." Wow. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're they're just I just don't see them there that much. What do I have to use to buy to not use Excel? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want that device. I, I think step one is don't have a job, so you're nailing it. Uh, you have you have an <laughs> iPad, right? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, it's like I had to get I had to get Office for uh, the book. It's like the publishing industry. Is still yeah, so they, mired in Office is still a big thing there. Office technology it all had to be done in Word. <laughs> Shutter. <laughs> That's what I was doing. That's what I was shuddering. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to explain. I'm going <laughs> to. This I, podcast comes with voiceover technology. But so, <laughs> but so you said that Windows 10 uh, detects what mode you're in to know if it should show yes. stuff. Anything else yes. that I would be excited uh, about? Like, I, I saw nothing about it. Cortana, I believe it's not in the current. Is that a font? It's not in the. Cor- <laughs> <laughs> That's their Siri. Mm. With, except with bigger boobs. Every time. Yeah. Every uh, time. I'm going to mention that every time because they keep using that image. Do they? I've never even seen an image. Yeah. All I just see is the little, I mean, well, that's like... The other, it's like, you know, so if pe- readers, readers, I keep saying readers, listeners, verbal, <sighs> auditory, man, auditory readers. Is, I'm having a real problem today. Today, he says. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this guy having problems. It's pretty early for you to be drinking already. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, maybe that's the problem. I have not. I'm drinking tea. So I'm having a reaction. What was I talking about? Cortana. So f- the character from the Halo series. Sure. Yeah. Which is a computer. Oh, is AI. that really what it I had? It is indeed. That yes. is what it is. That's I'm... where it started. That's where it came from. Um, and in the first Halo game, she's, you know, relatively. <laughs> she's <laughs> Statuesque. <laughs> well chested, but not like gargantuanly just <laughs> and then as the game goes on her boobs get bigger and bigger got it's, it it's almost it's almost like uh uh galaxy quest where <laughs> sigourney's weaver uh, sigourney weavers uh, sigourney's weavers hey check sigourney's out sigourney's weavers, weavers begin, begin to creep oh, out of her costume yeah yeah oh that's yeah. really so now they're they're actually marketing Cortana as the AI, except I've they're using seen... that image from the game, and she's you know it's like she's a naked computer lady. Now Cortana, the game character, is voiced by a voice actress. Is Cortana the? I think it's the same. Assistant? It's I believe it's the same woman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, but it's it's still they've got to synthesize some things for it to say. I imagine. Yeah, I don't know how they do that, but yeah, I mean it's the same thing. Yeah, I've seen my I mean, my they... friend has a Windows phone because he works for Schmeichwischmoft, and he. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going with that. Yeah, this guy friends with Windows phones. He was using Cortana the other day, um, and I, I did get the impression that it's despite all those ads where they have like Cortana making fun of Siri. I think that the uh, it's not as not nearly as good as they imply that it is. Surprisingly, yeah. on a commercial, really. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. I happen to know ads are great. 
Let's just make sure. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, which is interesting, is that in the in the commercials, it sounds very, very fluid in a way, and they make Siri sound very, very stilted. Um, yes, they do. I, I would say that Siri doesn't sound as bad, and Cortana doesn't sound as good. They probably mm. sound pretty, pretty similar in my experience. Um, in the brief time that I've heard Cortana, um, but I think that they run into. It seems like they run into a lot of the same blocks that you might run into with Siri on a daily basis. Um, oh, what that Siri's a giant bitch. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh man! Whoa! Whoa! All I'm whoa. saying is, when Siri gets it wrong, Siri gets it so wrong. It's not even like, why did I bother using Siri? It's like, why did I even bother waking up today or having the power of human speech? That's how wrong Siri gets things when Siri gets the wrong. So, the, I, you know, I think it's interesting that we, when we get angry, as I'm sure I know, Lex uh, has gotten frustrated with Siri before, but. It does make you irrationally angry when that feature doesn't work, even though it's so magical and awesome, like when it yeah. does work. But like when it doesn't work, yeah. you're like, oh, God, fucking damn it, Siri. <laughs> I was getting yes. mad at Siri yesterday when Siri was actually doing the right thing. Because <laughs> I was driving in the car and I wanted to play a particular playlist and I kept asking for it. Kept, hey, Siri, play this playlist and the song we play. And I go, that's not a playlist. So I, and then eventually I skipped to another. I had her play a different playlist, but then I realized later that oh wait, that's not actually <laughs> so the fault is not in our Siri, John, but in ourselves. Yes, I I, uh, I had one playlist uh, that I used called um, "Forgotten Favorites," which was songs that were well rated that I hadn't listened to in a while. And then there were some songs in there that were rated well that should have been in that list, but that I, I realized I just wanted to hear certain, I didn't want to hear live tracks when I heard that playlist for some reason. So I made a, a separate version that took out one or two artists who I have to really be in the mood for and took out some live things. And I call it forgotten pure favorites. And I would say to Siri, Hey, could you play or could you shuffle the forgotten pure favorites playlist? And Siri would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, you don't have something called the forgotten poor playlist. Oh. And I'm like, no, no, no. I said the forgotten pure playlist. And he'd be like, no, asshole. You don't have a forgotten pure. So I eventually had to rename the playlist after weeks of problems. It is now the forgotten clean playlist. I think I know what your problem is. You need to turn off um, Siri swearing. <laughs> You know, it's interesting because it when sometimes it seems like when it gets an idea in its head that it it just sticks there. Because I'll try and play a song sometimes, and it'll mishear me, um, and I'll be like, "No, no, play this song." And when I see the voice recognition part, it's understanding perfectly what I'm yes. saying. It transcribes perfectly what I said, and then it goes and plays the exact wrong thing. <laughs> and I'm like, "What? That's like it's it feels it feels personal, right? It's like if you told you know your significant other or your child or something, do this thing, and it's like, yep, totally got you. Now I'm gonna do this other thing that you didn't want me to do. So just like every day, yeah, I assume just like every day." <laughs> And, you know, is there is there anything more annoying than when Siri – and it's the tone of voice for me that gets me now because I think it starts me, like, with this, like, tick now. But I'm really sorry about this, but I can't take any requests right now. And it just I just fly into a murderous rage every time I hear it. It's just the tone of the voice is enough to set me off. Sorry, Siri. I do, yeah. I do love you when you work, Siri, but it's, it's just – yeah, I don't know. I, I guess nothing is ever – there, there's nothing quite as bad as technology that fails to behave correctly. Nothing makes me quite as angry. And I don't know why, because I understand technology and know that sometimes it breaks. But when it's just acting irrationally, it just it just makes me angry. 2014 problems. <laughs> Next year, this is going to be solved. Is that what you're suggesting? 
<laughs> no, I just mean that, you know, there was a time when we could not talk to our devices. I know, exactly. And, and maybe we were better off. I think it's like, you know, when wow. you're using your computer and you do the same thing that you always do, most of the time it works. And it's very rare and often like totally, if something doesn't work, it's either confounding or uh, you're like, oh, I see. This is where I have introduced an issue. But when Siri doesn't work and you've done the same kind of input for it, there's no sense of what the hell is going wrong. Like, especially when it's the obnoxious, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking. Like, I can't take any requests right now. And then all you, and it's like, please try again later. And of course, all you're going to do is ask again and you ask again and then it works. So why Siri can't just say, hey, let me try twice in a row instead of being a jerk. I don't know. (laughs) It's a black box, right? Like, that's the problem is input goes out and output, you know, input goes in. And output comes out, which is why they're named that way. <laughs> I mean, and, that's part of the problem. <laughs> and but you don't know what's going on in between. There's, as far as you're concerned, there is magic going on in between. Right. Um, as you know, as far as you know, anybody outside of Apple knows. But you know, I think this segues into something else we I want to talk about, which is this perception that we've seen going around lately that Apple has a QA problem. Um, yeah. That it's not testing its stuff, or it's not. It's so busy trying to hit deadlines or trying to just get out all these exciting products or trying to put in these new features that it's not sufficiently, you know, bullet testing all of the features that it's got to date. And that's causing any problems. I think it's false to, I mean, there's, there's some truth to that because uh, they're tying things to hardware releases. Uh, and so the schedules, you know, trying to make those two schedules line up perfectly is obviously difficult. But at the same time, they never, it's like, it's, it's, they used to ship OS ten releases that would like wipe drives. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like they, oh, they used to be perfect. Everything no, used not to at all. so smoothly. And now look at all this, all this, all these problems. There's a thing where it's like, there's software is, is inherently, there are bugs, right? You know, people work on these things. There are always bugs. Every once in a while, something really bad gets through, whether it be the, you know, OS ten update that wiped drives, I think it was external drives, or the 8.0.1 thing that, you know, disabled cellular networking for a lot of people. Stuff happens, right? Like, shit happens with right. software development. Bugs are going to get through every once in a while. But I think what what you know, makes me think more about the QA stuff is that it seems like there's lots of little things and they're not like showstopper bugs that are like, oh, this totally broke my machine because those are always going to be the things that sort of, you know, stand out from the crowd. It's the little elements of sort of fit, finish, and polish that I feel like Apple has always done really well at that where there seem to be problems with things that don't quite behave the way you expect them to. I was just talking on Twitter right before we we jumped on the recording here about this issue with the uh, you, in share sheets in iOS eight. You're supposed to you you have the third party uh, apps can put their stuff in share sheets, and Apple even graciously provided this great interface where you can rearrange things. So I was like, oh yeah, I use one password a lot in Safari. I want to move that first so I don't have to like scroll over for it every time. But it doesn't stick. Like for some reason, every once in a while on Safari, and one password's back at the end of the list, and I rearrange it to the front, and then it stays there for a while, and then it goes to the end of the list again. And so I tweeted, it's like, anybody else have this problem? I just got a flood of responses like, oh, yeah, I thought it was just me. This is totally buggy. I was like, it's so weird. Like, you know, you could argue maybe that Apple did that by design, except it doesn't make sense. Why would you even provide an interface for reordering things if it wasn't going to stick around? But, you know, that's it's, that was such a marquee feature in some way, the third-party extensibility, but it seemed kind of haphazard and, you know, parts of it seemed like they didn't really work or they just didn't test it. 
And I, I think, you know, I've seen a handful of those things across iOS and to a certain extent in OS 10 that make me feel like I don't know what the cause is, but something's not getting done. I's are not getting dotted. T's are not getting crossed. And and that's my my assessment just from like as a user. Um, I, I obviously like being able to not someone who's inside of Apple. I have no idea what's causing that problem, but it, it does feel like that's what's going on. Why you got to harsh on all their mellows, Dan? Because <laughs> I pay money for those free software updates. <laughs> I, I, I do think that Moles' point is, is interesting that, uh, no, they don't have a new QA problem. It's just an ongoing QA problem with more and more, more and more people affected. Yeah, I mean, and there's two operating systems where there just used to be one. So that's twice as much opportunity to screw, screw something everything up. up. But if you go back and look at the original version of iOS, there were a lot of things it didn't do, but everything that it did do, it did pretty well. It's because it couldn't do them. <laughs> I mean, it was like it couldn't even copy and paste. Sure, but that's the thing. It's like everything everything that was in there had you been... Know, as you add complexity, of course, they're gonna, there's going to be more things that don't work. I just think that where everybody makes these contentions and... The only way to find out is to quantify it, and you can't. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to do that. Maybe they have. A, I mean, maybe internally they have a. They must have some sort of measurement. But sure. But I mean, like you look at something like Gruber's point that he posted today about like changing his wallpaper caused his phone to go into endless reboot cycle. Like, oh, really? that's that a pretty a... big bug. Like, <laughs> or the thing where erasing, you know, resetting your settings on the iPhone wipes everything in iCloud Drive. That is a pretty big bug. <laughs> Someone should be guessing. I, I happen to know a lot of people who work in QA, um, and it's it's a shitty job in some ways. Like because I think a <laughs> yes. lot of people like you don't get a lot of recognition. It's hard. The, the people who do best at QA are jerks. Like the, <laughs> and I, I mean well, that in a good way. But like the bigger uh, jerk you can be, <laughs> the better you are at QA because you have to love finding mistakes. Like you have to love it. And and there are really good people doing it, but I think right. you I know, don't mean to be smart. It's a character. it's a thankless job, right? It's a thankless job because no one knows the names of the people. Right. Who, Plus, the developers fixing the bugs you find hate you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and I was talking to a friend of mine who works QA in the gaming industry, and he's like, you know, it's funny because I can think of people who I consider like you know quote unquote celebrities in like every other discipline in game design, from everything from like sound engineering, graphics, you know, design, all this stuff, except for QA. <laughs> There are very few like well-known people in QA and in gaming in particular, it's because a lot of people see that as sort of the mailroom. Like that's where you start out. That's the stepping stone to getting higher up. Very few people want to stay there and like really like, yeah, I'm going to be a QA tester for my career. Um, I don't think that's necessarily as much the case in other software engineering disciplines, but I do think that there's, you know, a lot of people who feel like they move on to other things from QA and maybe there's more of a transient thing there. And And it is, it's just hard and, maybe kind of boring and and thankless, thankless. for a lot of people <laughs> i to yeah. me i mean first you you mentioned dan that you know the original iphone i didn't have one but that the original iphone didn't have you know bugs and issues and i will say the 1.0.2 update according to wikipedia included bug fixes so you lose <laughs> um but so the, lex from wow. that from that you would make a great qa tester <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right but so i um I do think that a big piece of this is, I mean, Apple's obviously a company staffed with very smart people, but they can, they used to have to test far fewer permutations of things than they do now. Now there's, right. you know, oodles of sizes and model years of iPhones with far more than they had to test when they released the first one. And 
you know, some are syncing with Macs and some with PCs and some are running different versions and some have, you know, everybody's customized all their stuff with different ways. And they've got some that are for one network and some for another network. So I can see how it gets increasingly complicated, even if they added no features and simply supported more devices and had new device sizes and all that stuff. Um, but I, I do think it's problematic to have put out, and I like that Apple said only 40,000 customers were affected when they put out 8.0.1 and they broke cellular access on the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and Touch ID too. I don't understand how, I'm sure there's a really smart and like, oh, now I get it, explanation for how you could ship an OS update that breaks your brand new phones, but you have to assume they were testing it on those new phones. So how it doesn't get caught is beyond me. Well, here's a modest proposal. Hire more QA testers. It's not like they're hurting for money. You know, if you're going to scale up engineering, then you should scale up testing commensurately, I would think. Um, And I know some places I've heard from other friends who work in in testing that some places are taking this new more of a combined engineering approach where developers test the software themselves rather than having dedicated test engineers, um, which I don't, you know it's unclear whether or not that's an improvement. Um, but it, it certainly seems like it, it could be tricky when you try to like de-specialize certain niches instead say like, everybody's doing this stuff, right? Regardless of whether you were a tester or an engineer before, now you guys are all just, you know, software engineers and some of you do this and whatever. Um, but I don't know. It seems, and, and you know, I, to John's point, it's hard to say that they are, you know, this is much worse than it was before. It's just, it's totally a, you know, anecdotal touchy feely uh kind of assessment but it does i i have run into just little bugs that are just like no this seems like that could have been caught yeah i do hate the like when ios crashes it's not scary um because you know you don't worry about data not being saved typically or anything like that um the most you might lose is a really really good tweet but uh it just it's it's so it's the kind of device that again the the black boxiness of the iPhone itself or white if you choose the wrong color is such that it's so weird when when an app crashes out it's it feels like it's impossible like it can't like you don't expect it to happen i i think you expect a tiny bit of crashing on a computer because we're so used to it but you don't think of your phone as a thing that can or should crash yeah, there's a higher bar with iOS, I think, because it seems to work so seamlessly and because you aren't like sort of digging around in the little technical details so much of the time. It's so consumer friendly um, and it's abstracted so far away from the idea of being like a computer code where it's like, oh, blue screen of death, you know, um, like you said, it's not scary, right? Like things just kind of quit and it's like, oh, that's puzzling or annoying, but it's not terrifying. <laughs> and uh, it's it's sandboxed, so you would think that it it would be less likely to crash the whole operating system. Right, yeah. right. But it, it is. There has to be something legitimately wrong within the operating system in order for it to crash. It can't It can't be just an app run amok, which, you know, <laughs> if anybody remembers using OS 9. <laughs> Those were the days. You're very familiar with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, imagine if the iOS today, when it crashed, gave you the old bomb dialog box from the classic <laughs> Mac OS. Like, how much would you freak out? And then, you know, then you had to, like, pull the power plug. Like, <laughs> or you just, like, wait for it to drain the battery. Or it dropped you into, like, what was that? There was, like, a shell. There used to be, like, a shell. I was going to say, when you, look right. at the, when you look at Apple today, it is Im- impossible to believe that they used to have the interrupt switch on the keyboards. Yeah. So you could get yeah. to that shell. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> oh, the console. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Those were the days. Uh, I have an iOS 8 question for you both. Do you use 
the new messages thing where you can send uh, audio snippets back and forth. I have only ever used it with Dan and Jason Snell as an audio gag. Basically. <laughs> I was, was going to say. <laughs> Do you use it for anything legitimate? I've used it with my one of my cousins, but like literally the day she got her iPhone 6, she sent me a message and I sent one back. Did. And that, that was it. Essentially, that was literally it. <laughs> um, I have not, but is... So can people not using iOS 8 receive those? Yes, they just it's it's sort of like you've got an attachment and then you tap on it and it opens up it a opens little audio else. player doohickey. Yeah, it okay. stays it stays in messages, but it's like it goes to another screen that shows you like an audio it's scrubber. It's a quick time right? thing. Okay. Yeah. Because neither um, my wife or my son are on oh, iOS jerks. 8 yet. The, yeah. not, my wife isn't on my son doesn't have one, but my my wife isn't on iOS 8 either, and it's really annoying. Because <laughs> um, I want to send her audio messages. The, the, <laughs> that that the didn't biggest, convince her? <laughs> The biggest, actually, she said yeah. that's why she's not. She's like, no, not I don't want audio yeah. messages. Forget it. Um, but the the one thing that seems true with everyone from whom I've received those messages, and and when I send them myself, uh, and it's really just exploring the fact that you can send them. But people people who use Siri and dictation frequently speak their punctuation when they're recording messages into iMessage. So <laughs> you'll say like, "Hey Dan!" <laughs> exclamation point. How are you? Oh, I don't have to say that. And then you say, <laughs> I think the thing that gets me with it is that um, since it does start recording immediately, it always takes me a second to be like, is this recording? And like every single message starts with like a two second blip as I'm like, oh, it's recording now. <laughs> it works a little too well. I'm also disappointed by how crappy the audio quality is. Somebody was talking about this on Twitter uh, with me and Jason after we had posted the fact that we that our new podcast was sending audio iMessages to each other. But the audio quality is incredibly compressed when you do those i think it's because they want them to deliver in as close to real time as possible even if you're on cellular and they're not worried about your side even if you're on wi-fi they're worried about the recipient side but they yeah. are compressed i i haven't actually looked it's, at a it sounds like a phone yet. call yeah it's terrible oh, it's really, really bad because when we were rickrolling each other by sending snippets of that song back and forth it really sounded bad well and it, it i also had a bug with the um i don't know if this worked for you but you're supposed to have the raise to listen like feature where you can like oh, oh i yeah. got a new message i can put this up to my ear and it plays does not work for me at all <laughs> every time i pick it up i like put it up to my ear and i look down and it's pulled down like a notification sheet or something <laughs> but like it doesn't play <laughs> do you um do you leave so on annoying. that raise to lift feature thing like to lift the to siri speak to thing? siri no i, I don't know but i never I, use it i think i yeah. turned it off I turn. I, I feel like maybe those things are connected. There was a point. Tested. There was a point where it was. Uh, it, it was causing some sort of bug at some point. I think. Yeah. Back to I, our uh, QA problem. No. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's true because when we when we were sending messages back and forth, Dan it would say Dan Morin has kept yeah, your message. Yeah. And but and you got from me. It said Lex Freeman has kept your audio message. But both of us have the setting to automatically delete those received messages <laughs> after two minutes. So what the hell is it talking about? You know what the problem is? Is that the NSA has it set to keep all messages. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because they're listening to those stupid fucking sound clips we recorded. <laughs> suckers do you know uh, there are many things that i think would be unpleasant about working for the nsa i have one friend who does work for the nsa he's probably gonna get killed now since i'm saying this but uh he's had worse but they have to leave their phones in, in their car they can't take a phone in to work yeah that's true in a lot of yeah. security agents cia i believe that's also true yeah and they also have a rule which is totally irrelevant to this podcast but it's still interesting that uh any t there's you have two phones there's the internal uh, NSA office phone, and then there's the other line that you have. That's your outside phone, 
and they use two separate phones so that you never get confused about which one you're on. D- day phone and night phone, sure. And, right. And anytime you receive or make a call on the outside line phone, you have to announce to the office you're in outside line and nobody speaks the entire time you're on. So that's totally no pressure to finish your call quickly or anything. I'm just thinking about how I would just like, I would just troll people with that all the time. Just every single thing I was doing outside line. Suckers. <laughs> you will never work at the NSA. No, that's pretty clear. I applied to work at the CIA once and, uh, I'm not, I'm not legally allowed to, um, <laughs> to, to contribute to this conversation. Oh, geez. <laughs> You've trespassed into an area. <laughs> This whole section of the podcast is going to be silent. Redacted. I can tell you what I can tell you where I met my wife. <laughs> Where'd you meet your wife? Fort Meade, Maryland. <laughs> I actually knew this story. <laughs> We're going to have to move on now, otherwise that yeah. guy with the black sunglasses looking over there is going to be pretty angry. I know nothing about this. I thought you were just making a joke, but you weren't. That's, that's where. No, that's where I met my wife, Lex. Wow. Happened to be in Fort Meade, Maryland. <laughs> Speaking of people's That's wives, the to the NSA. Lex, I heard your wife didn't upgrade to iOS eight. That's true. It's true. She did not update. To Neither iOS. is mine, and it's not because she doesn't. I mean, I think this one she would happily do. She's, but she's very, you know, like the iOS seven update was like the last straw. <laughs> well, just you know, Traumatic. that was a lot of <laughs> that was a lot of hair pulling. That's why I shaved my head. Yeah. I was talking to people today who were asking about upgrading to iOS 8, and, uh, you know, I heard it's been buggy, especially with the 801 thing. Um, And, you know, I've had pretty, aside from my little quibbles, I've had pretty good experience with it, except for the fact that my original iPad mini, which is uh, essentially an iPad 2, I guess, under the hood, it's just as slow as dirt. Like, it is is terribly slow. And a friend of mine who has an iPad 2 is like, yeah, I, I upgrade to iOS 8, and I'm trying to roll back to iOS 7. Because it just it doesn't work very like it's so slow, and I want you know sometimes I wonder about this idea of you know Apple supporting really old hardware with updates. Like it, it looks great on paper, yeah. like oh yeah, look if you got pretty much any iPad or iPhone going back like three or four years, you can run iOS eight. But a lot of times it runs like crap on those really old like iOS right. seven on yeah, the iPhone I've got four or seven on a four, right? That's what I have. Yeah, or eight on the four S. They all seem like they're they're pretty bad. It's not, it's not great. So is it doing, are they doing themselves a disservice or is that really just like a backhanded way to get people to upgrade their hardware? It's probably a little of both maybe. That's cynical, but you know. I don't think it's the latter. I, I think it's, I don't know. Yeah. I want a new iPad mini now basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think they want to, if they didn't make it work on more devices, people, people are like, oh, complain. what jerks. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah. you know, they're end of lifing those devices too. Is soon. that better or worse than having it run shitty though? It shouldn't run shitty, that's for sure. Um, and I think that they must have some minimum performance threshold. And I, I, I'm, I have no basis of knowledge for this, but I bet that I feel like it's a problem that should improve over time. Meaning, now that iPads ship with a little more memory in them, the older ones should do a little bit because they're not going to keep on packing like tons and tons of RAM into these devices. I wouldn't think. Right. So what I'm getting at is, I feel like the baseline RAM in older iPads and older iPhones just wasn't able to to stay forward capable long enough but that'll become i mean obviously the memory needs are always going to increase too but i would suspect that they'll suck less well, they've as done time a, goes by they've done a pretty good job of keeping that curve down i mean it's not like it was the heyday of you know the mac os where it's like 
as your your memories the memory curves were increasing so dramatically in some ways as you got every subsequent Mac right. that like you know it's like oh yeah I can't even run this stuff on my old computer because it just it doesn't have enough memory but the curve's been pretty flat I feel like on iOS devices it's not more than a, I don't think it's more than a gigabyte right. even in the most current ones I the thing that I worry about only a tiny bit like clearly nobody has to worry about Apple they're doing fine don't lose any sleep for Apple but Lauren doesn't want to update to iOS eight because she, she hates change. Like she doesn't want to have to learn new <laughs> right. things. Yep. And I, yeah. like, to your point, that's Karen's. That's Karen's complaint as well. I, iOS seven didn't help, right? iOS seven, yeah. everything looked different. And they're like, so she does not. She never read MacWorld when I wrote for it, let alone now. But so she has no idea what to expect from the new version of iOS. And she doesn't like. She doesn't look at my phone. She doesn't even look at me. We're divorced anyway. So, <laughs> uh, my wife again. And but no, so she. You know, Every time an iOS update comes out, Lex and his wife get divorced again. Yeah, <laughs> but she still relies on you to handle her upgrades. She doesn't know. She has no motivation, and so I. I that's obviously not a problem. For people you mean like with us. upgrading, yeah. not like just in general, right? Right. She has no motivation to upgrade, and so it's it's interesting. She never gets out of bed. Does. Well, and I I think this is a like that trepidation is expressed by a lot of people, especially you know people who are less interested in just technology in general, right? They just especially with their phones and the fact that people carry their phones around everywhere. It's like, oh, I don't want to. I use this every day. I don't want to have to learn new stuff, or I don't want the chance that it's going to break, or that something I rely on breaks. And this is where you get into that trap of legacy software when you you, you extrapolate this like ten years down the road in the most extreme case, and that's kind of where you get Microsoft's current dilemma, which is people still use stuff that we were shipping ten years ago, yeah, and yeah. they don't want to give it up. Yeah, yeah. Is Windows ten going to be free? By the way, I don't no. think so. No, it'll be. Uh, it, I think it, there are current deal is like it's free on tablets smaller than seven inches or something it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's just it's just what nuts. if i just saw I mean, off part of my tablet <laughs> it's on like phones of a certain i don't know it's free in certain circumstances and then it's it's not in others and i mean it's they, because they're they're stuck in in that is classic microsoft between a, yeah. yeah well but they're, they're stuck in a doing a rock and a hard place because they because everybody else is giving their operating systems away. But that's where they make their money. Having a hard time justifying. Yeah, right. Everyone else just thinks, why do I have to pay for an operating system now? I just, it's supposed to come on my phone and I'm supposed to get updates all the time and or on my laptop. And they're like, no, no, don't you remember? (laughs) The deal we had worked out was everyone would pay for operating systems. That's how we make money. (laughs) Guys, how can you do this to me? Well, it's funny. You're you're totally right because I I think you know Windows core business. It's still at heart. It's Windows and Office, um, and they were you even just called the Windows. That's how core it is. Wow. Yeah. That's how that's how dumb. Schmeichwischmoth. Their <laughs> their core business is still Windows and Office. So they need to get people to pay for software. Whereas Apple's always been about hardware, and so the software is sort of an incremental value. I mean, sure, Apple used to make you pay for OS updates back when. You know, why not? Everyone else was doing it, so yeah. we can make some money off right. it. But these days, it's just a way to get you into new hardware. Uh, and and I think that Microsoft's got a big challenge ahead of it in that department because they did kind of come late to both the smartphone and tablet parties, uh, and all the cake was eaten. Uh, and there were only very small pieces of cake left for them. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Does anyone else want cake? <laughs> There's sort of a flip side to what you were talking about, about the, about the, um, the thing of whether or not it's good to have upgrades for older devices because my wife is looking at getting a new um, MacBook and she's got, because of her business, she's got all this office equipment. So she's got like a fax and she's got, um, she's got like two printers and a scanner and 
all this stuff and you know the all these drivers are made by the device manufacturer right and those jerks don't update their software and so she's she's still running mountain lion and wow. i was telling her it's like if you get a new machine it's gonna have either mavericks or you know if you get it next month it'll have uh yosemite on it and so you got to check and see how up to date all this software is to run these pieces of crap that yeah. you had to buy <laughs> so it's like she's kind of i mean she's kind of locked in in a way to to having an older operating system and you can't apple won't let you install those older operating systems on the newer devices you know one thing that came to mind though when you mentioned that she's thinking about getting a new mac is again i don't know that this would help apple sell so many more computers but the question that i hear from friends for whom i'm the apple expert and i assume you guys play the same role in your lives yeah for you too is (laughs) when you know like i want to get a new imac or i want to get a new macbook should i do it now or should i wait six months or a year and i always get that question and i mean for a couple of years, they were still, I think, figuring out when the heck they were going to do their uh, their iPhone release schedule. But now it feels pretty consistent. People know, hey, if you're going to get the iPhone and you want to not feel like an idiot, <laughs> wait until <laughs> September before you get it. And people don't, you know, people wait if they want to or they don't and they know. Um, but with Max, I, my uncle just this past weekend was saying, you know, he was hollering, uncle was. And he... Uh, <laughs> He he was like, uh, should I? He literally said, so I don't know. Should I wait six months or a year before I get this new iMac to replace his 2008 iMac? <laughs> and well, no I'm one like, wants to feel like they got the the, the short end of the stick, yeah, right, right? Which I get. And so, if there were a consistent schedule, and there isn't, I mean, there is like none. the the Mac Mini is two years old, right? Yeah, and you can you Crazy. can make you can make educated guesses. Like for example, you know, I we're in holiday season, right? Or we're in the ramp up. In the past several years, Apple's held an event in October. You know, if right. they come out with an event in October, there isn't going to be a new Mac released between then and Christmas, for example. You know, and you can kind of roughly chart things, but it is very hit or miss. And depending on which lines you're talking about, like you might say, okay, there's some Macs, there some new Macs will probably come out in October. But you don't know which ones, right? You don't know if it's going to be a MacBook or an iMac. You could buy in November and December. Well, December might be dicey. November, you can buy in November. <laughs> November, all right. And Black no, Friday, that's like, the day to buy. It'll be a couple of months. <laughs> it'll be a couple of months until it gets updated because they could update something in January. It's unlikely, but yeah, you're right. They could. Yeah, they could do whatever um, they want. They have power of all of us. They want to say fuck all of you. <laughs> there is a mini. Yeah, there was a rumor about the mini getting updated this year. So this year, a Max time. coming out on Christmas. Eat it. Yeah, right. Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> We don't care. No, it should come out the next day. <laughs> the one that's pissing me off is the is the Apple TV because the most recent now the most recent update doesn't cover oh, my yeah. second gen. Mine either. You know, first the, gen. That's so annoying. Apple TV. Yeah, it only it's only the newest model, right? Yes, it's so it's only the newest model. So my model is one generation old, and I can't get the operating system. Yeah, which update. is really John. Yeah, I've I mean, got. I have a solution like, for you because it's a solution I myself am considering adopting for that model, which is what I have. Which is to say, I'm giving that one to my parents and buying a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like that that should have happened. I mean, like that should happen any day. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's been a really long time since they since they did yeah. that, and all the uh, really all the third version did was add 1080p, and I guess made some hardware right. changes that made it otherwise right. incompatible. <laughs> 
So, yeah. and that was a while ago. Uh, next week, I want to talk to you guys about your Apple TV love. Like, we have an Apple TV, but oh. when I needed to buy a couple more set-top boxes, I, I we had an Apple TV and a Roku on the main TV. And when I bought a couple more set-top boxes, uh, I just got more Rokus because I find the Apple TV so annoying. Hmm. Well, that's that's a fascinating point of view, and fuck you, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in QA? Bleep bloom. <laughs>